Welcome to Seaside Stories. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. And I'm Amanda. We're your storytellers. Please, come have a seat. Do Do you want to hear a story? Hello, friends. It's been a while, but I'm glad you haven't forgotten us here on the seaside. So welcome back. We sure have missed our little storytellings. So much has changed in the short span of a year. But the lighthouse has called us once again for new stories, for new souls. And I know just the story to begin with. You think you know someone. You can spend years together and never fully quite understand what a person may have going on in their head, be it a family member or even a lover. People can just be so hard to read and understand. Have you ever met someone and thought you knew them? And suddenly everything changes in the blink of an eye. Marisha sure did. Marisha was sick. For a long time, the doctors weren't sure why. Test after test, they were left stumped. And with specialists booking out eight months to a year, there was nothing to do but wait and take the pain medication the doctor had hoped would help in the meantime. At first, Marisha cried every night. She couldn't help but think that this was it. She was going to die. But Sam never let her think about that for too long. Sam had swiftly renovated the house to match her needs. Her needs, which now included handrails at the toilet and a seat in the shower. She could take a bath, she had told Sam, trying to find some normalcy in her new reality. But Sam was worried she would slip and fall because of the painkillers she was taking. They caused some drowsiness, and often, Marisha found herself dizzy and weak when she had tried to walk around the house on her own. Some days, she felt nothing at all, and others, she was finding it hard to focus on anything. The medications kept her pretty out of it, but luckily, Sam took care of remembering what medicine to take, with what, and when. She was so lucky she had Sam. She remembered being embarrassed because she slept a full day after getting some new medication. Sam hadn't been around. His side of the bed was cold. And for the first time since Marisha had left the hospital, she felt completely helpless, scared, and vulnerable. She sat and cried for the longest ten minutes of her life until her Sam came back, wrapped her in a warm hug, telling her everything would be okay. And in times like that, she thought it would be. Sam was suddenly out of the house a lot more. Of course, Marisha understood. He had to work anyways, and being the sole earner at the moment, this put a lot of pressure on him. He'd work early mornings, late nights, whatever he could do to keep a steady income. It was a regular occurrence to wake up without him, knock herself out with a pill, and then wake up to his smiling face. If they woke up together, she knew she had him for the day. When Marisha left the house, Sam was with her. She needed his support to get around. Besides, nothing apart from Sam really interested her anymore. Sam was her everything, soothing her after her anxieties, taking on the burden of administering her medications that would ease her pain. But her symptoms suddenly took a turn for the worse. She started to develop constant nosebleeds, bruises on her stomach as well as stomach upset. Sam left a message with the doctor, who later concluded with Sam that an increase in medication should do the trick. Now, she took the little green and blue pills every four hours instead of six. Marisha smiled pitifully at her husband. He was her knight in shining armor. The first time she collapsed, Sam was amazing. He dropped everything. 
picked her up bridal style, and carried her to the car before driving as fast as the car could go, screaming along the desolate highway to get her to that hospital. He'd saved her. She thanked him for his devotion as she swallowed down another pill. He ran a gentle hand through her hair, but when a fistful of her hair came out, she cried and cried. Sam could only soothe her for so long before he looked at his watch and declared that he had to pick up more of her medications. He insisted that she take a nap, and that when he returned, they'd watch a movie together. She woke, as usual, with eyes blurred and mind slow. The medications had always left her dazed, and it took her a minute or two to regain her surroundings. She had woken again without Sam. She looked at the time. It was almost time for another pill. But there wasn't any on her nightstand that Sam would normally leave for her. The stairs remained the only barrier. They were steep, narrow, and straight down. At the bottom of them, down to the hallway to the kitchen, to where the medicine cabinet was. She took a deep breath trying to focus and control her movements. The last thing she needed was a tumble down the stairs. She scrambled desperately, trying to right herself on her weak legs. She wasn't used to using her legs without Sam. She tried to pull herself forward with her arms out of her warm cocoon of blankets that beckoned her back to sleep. She tried desperately to leave the room and calling out for Sam, hoping he was in the next room, but heard no reply. She couldn't help the tears that fell freely. In this moment, she realized, even with Sam's constant reassurance that everything was all right, she knew that nothing had been right in a long time. That she'll never be all right again. This emboldened Marisha and filled her with a strength she didn't expect. As she finally made it to the stairs, and with as much concentration as she could muster, she found herself at the bottom of the stairs, then down the hallway to the kitchen and finally, to the medicine cabinet. She searched until she found her name written on a prescription bottle. She grabbed it, unscrewed the cap to dump a pill into her pale palm, only to discover the pills inside this bottle were white. They were not the pills her husband was giving her. Her breathing intensified. She was focused solely on the pills in her palm, but she didn't hear the front door opening and closing. Marisha, you shouldn't be out of bed. Sam's voice startled her. She turned around to face him, and the world spun. She dropped the pill bottle in favor of clutching the sink to keep herself from falling. Pills scattered all around her feet. Sam, I didn't hear you come in. She struggled to get the words out. He set down the prescription bag and began to walk towards her. For the first time knowing Sam, she feared him. He must have seen the fear etched on her face as he drew closer. What's the matter, my love? His words no longer held the warmth they did before. There was almost a coldness to his tone. He reached for her, and she flinched away, not having the strength to do much else. Come, dear. It's time for your medication, he stated. Marisha's eyes flicked to the pills scattered on the floor. He chuckled. No, no, not those. Those ones weren't helping you, remember? The doctor changed the prescription. I meant to return them to the pharmacy, but <laughs> I just keep forgetting. He grabbed her arm gently and smiled at her, only the smile felt calculated. Now, come back to bed. He picked her up in his arms and carried her back up the stairs and settled her into her bed. Don't go anywhere, he tutted before leaving the room to retrieve the prescription bag at the door.
Had she forgotten? Was her illness getting so bad that she was now losing her memory? No, this wasn't right. She from the start was getting those blue and green pills. The doctor only changed the dose, not the medication. Marisha let out a sob as reality hit her. Sam wasn't her safety. He wasn't her doting husband. He was her captor, and he never wanted to let her go. From that day, Marisha had stopped taking those blue and green pills. When it was time to take her medicine, she'd hide the capsule under her tongue, drink some water, and then when Sam turned his back, she'd stuff the pill between the mattress and the box spring. After a week, the tingling left her body. By two months, her body was no longer numb, and she started to feel like herself again. But as she healed, she started hearing things she hadn't noticed before. She could hear crying and screaming coming from the vents to the basement. Sam had told Marisha that he was going to work, but she could definitely hear someone walking around in the basement. She slowly sat up, only getting lightheaded for a moment. She felt stronger, but she knew her body was still weak. She tried to be as silent as possible moving about the house, in case her husband was still home. She didn't want him to be suspicious. She felt her throat tighten as she stared at the closed basement door. Sam's car wasn't in the driveway or the garage, but she still feared that he would jump out of nowhere and catch her red-handed. But what would she find? She grabbed the handle and gently opened the door. She didn't remember there being another door at the bottom of the stairs, but there was one now, and as she got closer, she realized it was made of steel and had a heavy lock in place. She tried the door anyways, but it held shut. She swore under her breath. Why was this door here? Hello? Is someone there? She heard a voice from the other side of the door, and Marisha struggled for words. What was going on? She heard a sob now, and someone muttering, Please. A soft voice begged, and Marisha wiped at the tears that she hadn't realized were falling. I'm here, Marisha responded, her voice coming out broken, and the voice whispered back, were you taken too? Marisha took a deep breath, processing all that was happening. No, Sam's my husband. The girl on the other side laughed. He told me his name was Kyle. They cried silently together. I'm going to get you out of here. It may take me some time, but I will, Marisha promised. Do you have the key? The girl said back. I've always seen him put a key away when he comes in here. Marisha flinched at the thought of her husband hurting someone and choked out, I'll find it. And in the week following, Marisha did find it, in Sam's front jean pocket. Now that she knew where it was, she needed a plan. The next night, Sam smiled as he carried the tray of food over to the bed. Slowly, Marisha sat up, acting the part of the sick wife. Don't strain yourself. He sets the tray down and rushes to her side grabbing the pillow from his side of the bed and placing it behind her so she could sit up. There you go. You comfortable? Marisha nodded and Sam smiled. Good. He placed a gentle hand on Marisha's cheek. You're starting to get more color again. Marisha swallowed and did her best to act her part. I got a lot of rest today. He didn't respond. He just held her gaze. She couldn't tell what he was thinking, and for a moment she thought, he knows. She shifted on the mattress uncomfortably, and she heard something hit the floor. Tap, tap, tap. 
Oh, God, the pills. Marisha thought to herself as Sam slowly looked down, kneeling to pick up one of the capsules. Marisha's mind was screaming at her to do something. What would he do now, knowing she wasn't taking her medicine? Acting fast, Marisha grabbed the lamp at her nightstand, swinging it down hard on Sam's head. He crumpled to the floor, hitting the hardwood with a loud thump. She quickly threw the covers off of herself and sprinted over to the bedroom door. Her husband had laid unconscious on the floor, and taking a deep breath, she tiptoed back, taking the key from his pocket. He didn't move or stir as she retrieved it. She stared at Sam for a moment. He was still breathing peacefully, and there was a part of her that still loved Sam, that wanted to run to him and make sure he was okay. But instead, she turned her back on him and made her way to the basement, to the damn locked door. I'm here, I'm here, she said as she nearly barreled into it. There was no reply as Marisha fumbled with the keys, trying to find the right one. On the third try, the door opened with ease, and although she had constantly thought of what laid behind the locked metal door, she'd never imagined this. In the center of the concrete floor was a drain in place where blood slowly dropped down. Marisha followed the trail of blood with her eyes up to a woman that hung by her wrists, chained to a brick wall. She was covered in bruises in various stages of healing, and her clothes hung to her in ripped tatters, some sticking from bloody patches. Marisha fumbled with the keys once more as she unlocked the shackles that held the poor woman, who looked up at Marisha with one good eye. The other was puffy and swollen shut. Come on, let's get you out of here. They made it to a neighbor's house who called the police. Marisha watched from the neighbor's window as the police stormed her house, entering with weapons drawn. The girl was taken to the hospital and would survive, but the officers couldn't find Sam. Marisha closes her front door, locking it and checking it shut properly three times, just like she does every night since she escaped her husband. Memories of Sam flooded her brain and she shudders. She checks her door one last time to make sure it's locked, and she walks further into the hallway. Suddenly, something makes her stop. She doesn't know what it is right away, but something just feels off. Goosebumps begin to form all up her arms. Her blood ran cold. She tries to walk through the scenarios her therapist had taught her in an attempt to try to calm down. Slowly, she takes a few steps forward, her footsteps echoing back at her. No other noises sound in the house, and she takes a deep yet shaky breath of relief. She's okay but then she smells the familiar scent of cologne. Hello, dear wife. A voice suddenly speaks from the darkness, making her jump. A voice that shouldn't be anywhere near her. Her heart rate slowly starts to rise. Refusing to take another step, Marisha closes her eyes, silently hoping that she's just dreaming and that this is just another nightmare. Please, 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 just let me wake up, she whispers begging and pinching her skin over and over. As she realizes none of them are working, she becomes more and more panicked, feeling her throat closing in and tears beginning to stream down her face. No, please God, no, she whimpers, trying to hide her sobs as the horrible realization starts to dawn on her. None of these tricks were working because she isn't dreaming this time. Her hands shaking, she grabs her bag, rummaging through it, hunting for her panic alarm, given to her by the officer who oversaw her case. 
She can hear things spilling out of her bag, and she swears. Just before she tries to pull out her phone to dial for help, the voice speaks again. Oh, dear Marisha, did I scare you? A scream catches in her throat, and her bag clatters to the floor, most of its contents spilling out. The lights come on, and Marisha looks over to see Sam, standing in the corner of the room, staring at her. He laughs, a cold, menacing laugh, one she's only ever heard once before. It's good to see you again. Sorry about your window, by the way. I'll add it to the honey-do list. Sam, you're not meant to be here. I... He cuts her off. Left me? Yeah, I know. He laughs again, and she detects malice dripping from his every word. Sam cocks his head to the side slightly. He's studying her, with the eyes of a predator. She knows he can sense her fear, and that he's relishing in it. Really? You're honestly surprised that I'm here? That I didn't know what you did? Sam scoffs. I mean, what else did you expect me to do after you knocked me out and ran to the cops? You created a worldwide manhunt for me, Marisha. He rolls his eyes and took another step closer to her. Sam, you're a murderer, she begins, trying desperately to save herself, but Sam cuts her off. Big deal. You were perfectly safe. I never intended to kill you. Marisha responded, now in anger. No, you just kept me in pain as I waited for death. A flash of anger crosses Sam's face. Do not fucking interrupt me. His voice was low and threatening, but at the same time, there's a strange calmness to it. Marisha gulps, staying silent, but Sam continues, and he slowly walks towards her. She backs up, trying to move away from him. Her eyes flicker down to her bag, and she tries to figure out a game plan to grab her phone or her pepper spray. Although she knows her brain is going into panic mode, she also knows that she's been through this before and had come out the other side. She can do it again. She has to do it again. I have been on the run for months. I had to start fresh because I'd lost everything. Do you know how hard it is to stop what I do and just start over? He asks. Well, do you? He shouts, sending a shiver up her spine. She shakes her head, holding back a sob. You drugged me, Sam. Sam sighs, sucking his teeth. I had to do that, all because you couldn't be a good girl and stay in your bed. But it's okay. Now you will learn. Quickly, Marisha drops to her knees, trying to grab something to ward off Sam. But he's at her side in seconds, and he stomps down hard on her hand causing her to scream out in pain. Before she can even try and attack Sam in retaliation, he grabs her neck, lifting her up and slamming her against the wall, hard enough to put her in a daze for a moment. Now, now, we don't need any of that, do we? He tuts, looking at her. Marisha squirms, trying desperately to escape his grasp. Sam sighs. I really hate to do this to you, dear, but you leave me no choice. She can feel her airway is starting to close as Sam's grasp on her neck tightens, and she knows her body has begun to go into full panic mode. Marisha gasps in a desperate attempt to get some air. Someone, someone will find me. They'll know it was you. Oh, you don't need to worry about that. I've been waiting a long time to find you, and I'll make sure nobody finds us this time. Sam responded menacingly. 
Marisha starts to see some black spots in her vision, and she can feel her lungs beginning to ache as they struggle for more oxygen. Sam, please, aren't you at least going to kiss me? She asks, her voice a small whimper, a last-ditch attempt to escape him. Sam laughs and loses his hold for just a moment. Sam pauses and stares down for a moment. Marisha gradually was able to get some oxygen into her lungs. And although she doesn't want to do this very thing, she had to to save herself. A year ago, she had thought a lot about her life, wondered how and when she would die. When she escaped, it gave her life a new purpose, and she was excited to finally live her life again. But now, here she is, back in the arms of a man she had once loved, and this time, she really is going to die. She gives one last pleading look to Sam as her vision comes back into focus, looking at the face that seemed so kind and welcoming when they first met. It's incredible how much darkness can hide behind a pair of blue eyes and a handsome smile. She let out a scream of frustration, grabbing a picture off the wall closest to her and smashed it over Sam's head. This caught him off guard, and he loses his grip on Marisha which gives her enough time to reach into the drawer by the door and pull out her revolver. Come on, my love. What are you doing? Sam began to walk towards her, and Marisha cocked the gun and aimed it at him. Stay away from me, Sam. He shook his head at her. You could never hurt me. We made a vow. We vowed till death do us part. Marisha nodded and aimed the gun at his head. I know. And she pulled the trigger. So may this be a lesson for you. When things seem too good to be true, they very well might be. Those little red flags you've chosen to ignore could turn out to be so much more. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Seaside Stories Podcast. Don't forget to add us to your reminders and give us a five-star review if you'd like. We'll be back every other Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Today's story was titled, Till Death Do Us Part, and was read by Sarah. I'm Erin, and I'll be seeing you in our next episode. Bye!